Hello, and welcome to our Yoga Hero Teachers podcast. This podcast has been created to help yoga teachers teach with passion, avoid burnout, and earn a fair living. This podcast explores what could and what might happen as the coronavirus pandemic restrictions start to lift in the UK, meaning that in-person classes can take place again. We'll be looking at what that could mean for live or on-demand virtual classes, for face-to-face classes and for hybrid offerings as well. We'll also break down how to decide how you should teach your yoga to best serve your yogis, to earn a fair income, to really enjoy your teaching and to protect yourself should things change again in the future. Let's first of all take a look back at how things were as recently as 18 months ago. Most studios offered in-person classes. (laughs) Of course, they are physical spaces, so it makes sense for the bulk of the offering to make the best use of that. And usually any online offering was where it really made a lot of sense. For example, when people were scattered over a large geographical area or classes and trainings were recorded so that people could watch and learn in their own time. For the past 15 months or so, most studios and teachers have been solely online, as we know. (laughs) This has had a huge impact on studios, on teachers and on practicing yogis. Locality hasn't really been a factor anymore. And so unless teachers have had a niche area where their knowledge is really deep or a hugely dedicated following, or both. (laughs) Most teachers have been forced to differentiate their classes based on price. In fact, that is really one of the main reasons behind starting this podcast, to try and show yoga teachers that you can get people to your classes in ways other than just being the cheapest, which is potentially a shortcut to burnout, which is really not what (laughs) we want at all. So as restrictions lift, Will things go back to how they were 18 months ago? No, I don't think so. I don't think that that's what will happen. As we discussed in podcast six, ways to share your yoga, online works really well for some teachers and some people, and it really does not work for others. And I think that that will continue to be the case even as face-to-face classes resume. There will be some people who will love to continue practicing online. For example, people who want to practice in their pajamas first thing in the morning before jumping in the shower. So online would really work for them. There'll be some people who will be wary about going back out into the world. For example, people with underlying health conditions. So online classes will continue to work for them. But similarly, There's lots of people who maybe haven't clicked with online yoga who don't have the hardware or the space or the intention to practice at home who will be keen to get back to -to face-to-face classes. Let me add to that a bit more. And my intention is to add to that in a way that can help you work out where to put your energy. 
Before the first lockdown, when you were teaching yoga, think about where you were teaching and who was coming. For example, if you were teaching in a gym where the people who were coming were members and they stayed for coffee afterwards, that experience isn't easily replaced by online. So you could assume that if that class was to restart, that your regulars would return. However, if before the first lockdown, you were mainly teaching like pregnancy yoga, pregnant people are considered clinically vulnerable. So you and they might feel that it's best to continue pregnancy yoga online from the safety of their own home. Of course, these are just examples. I just want to get your cogs turning in the background about who you teach, about what you teach and about where you teach. So let's leave those cogs turning in the background for now. And I'll just go back to my thoughts, my predictions a bit more about what might happen over the next few months. I think in the main, people will be itching to get back to in-person classes. As humans, Usually we're social creatures. (laughs) Even the introverts among us crave social contact and being with other people. For many, yoga is far beyond just a form of fitness. It's a part of life or a way of life that we share with like-minded folk who become friends and, and part of our community. Over the last 15 months or so, that part of life has been missing for many And I know that at Yoga Hero, people are keen to get back to fill that gap, to be in a calming studio space away from home, to see friendly faces and to practice with other people. So with that in mind, if it's possible for you, you might want to fully explore, just investigate teaching a couple of weekly face-to-face classes to satisfy that demand. The next podcast episode is all about what to look for when renting a space out. And I'll cover what to look for when considering renting a space with COVID considerations too. So do look out for that. Along with, or instead of teaching face-to-face, let's look at the online options. In short, there's live i.e. streaming your classes live using something like Zoom or Instagram Live or Facebook Live. And then there's on demand, having a library of classes or offerings that people can watch and do whenever they like. This could be free, like on YouTube or IGTV or paid using something like Vimeo or Patreon, for example. My view is that on-demand content will need to be really high quality. Just think, if you've ever searched for something, let's say on YouTube, like how to repot a spider plant, (laughs) and the presenter sounds like she's recorded the video in a gale, (laughs) or she's accidentally left her microphone at the other side of the room, you'll stop that video and you'll go and find another. And I think that's what will happen if it doesn't already with on-demand yoga content and possibly, probably with live online classes too. Just as a side note here, Yoga Hero has a how to teach yoga online course 
which covers the basics to check that your classes are of a good visual and sound quality. I'll link to this course in the show notes and that might be a nice place to start if you're thinking of creating some online content. Okay, let's summarise so far. Face-to-face classes are starting again in the UK, albeit socially distanced. And I think people in the main will be itching to get back to seeing happy faces and to practicing with others in a dedicated space. However, face-to-face classes won't work for everyone and some will prefer online. So yoga teachers who are focusing online will still, I'm sure, be able to make a living. There's a further decision-making process about whether to offer live or on-demand online classes or both, but either way, they will need to be of a good quality. I think because people are looking forward to getting back to -to face-to-face classes, that anything and everything within reason will likely be well attended. But with online, the key, I think, will be to differentiate your classes from the wide range and huge amount already available. I think differentiating your classes by creating classes aimed at niche audiences would be very, very sensible indeed. Podcast five, Finding Your Yogis, is all about how to determine who your audience is or could be and how to reach them. I would argue that when offering online content, your audience can't be too niche. It can't be too tightly focused. As long as you have the time, the mental bandwidth and the energy to find your audience, I think you're golden. For example, let's say you go through the steps from podcast five and you've refined your offering right down to yoga for people running their first marathon. Because you're online, you could be talking to and teaching people in Australia, in the States, in Africa, all across Europe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, who are planning to run their first marathon. You're not limited by geography. So the potential for your audiences is international. As long as the quality of your offering is good and you put the effort into finding and communicating with your audience. So, As a yoga teacher, there's potential for you in face-to-face as well as online classes, but we can't do everything. (laughs) So you need to work out what's best for you and for your yogis. Do listen to podcast five if you haven't already, or maybe listen to it again, because the steps in there will help you determine what's best for your yogis and how to work that out. But consider your needs and your wants too. If you crave social contact, you buzz off teaching in person and your classes are really responsive to who's in front of you, you'll want to put your energy into connecting with studios or to renting a place out. By the way, podcast six is all about different ways to share your yoga. So give that a listen if you haven't already, because that'll help you create a list of potential places and ways to teach face-to-face. But if you're technically savvy and you're really keen to build a library of classes that your yogis can enjoy at their leisure, 
let's say you've been a yoga teacher for years and you've lived in a few different places and actually teaching online has allowed you to reconnect with yogis that you've taught over the years, then online works for you. Remember, you don't have to choose one or the other. You can do both. You just need to factor in all of the work that goes with each method of teaching and make sure that you have the time, the energy, and the mental bandwidth to honor all of your offerings. Face-to-face likely includes travel time, maybe opening up the space, checking people in, maybe providing equipment, maybe cleaning, etc. Live online includes setting up the technology, maybe Zoom, checking the visual and sound quality, and watching out for the inevitable emails and messages from anyone that hasn't got the details for the class. Online recorded on-demand classes possibly include time for retakes, setting up lighting, cameras, sound equipment, plus editing time, processing time, uploading time, etc. And really all of these involve class planning, time for promotion and their relevant admin. And finally, you will know where your heart lies and where your skills are. If there's something that you dread, for example, you're really camera shy, if possible, just avoid that that you dread. If there's something that inspires you, that you look forward to, concentrate on that. Balance all this out with where the money comes from. Podcast one is how to generate an income from teaching yoga. Even if you've already listened to that podcast, it might be worth going back to that now that things are changing. Lastly, I promised to talk about hybrid classes. In many ways, these are just so sensible. Studios and teachers in the main have struggled financially over the past year or so. So if you're renting a space out, paying just one lot of rent, but being able to generate an income from people that are physically in front of you, as well as people who are joining you online, is a very sensible option. My reservations personally and professionally are that I worry because it's not fully in person or fully online that it might not be a full experience for either audience. As a teacher of a hybrid class, you might be partly trying to check that everyone on the screen is okay, whilst also looking at the bodies in front of you, as well as all of the things that come with teaching anyway, like monitoring music if you're using it, monitoring the temperature, (laughs) remembering your sequence, Remembering your left and right, keeping an eye on the time, <laughs> you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think it really could be a lot for a teacher. And I'd be concerned that the physical people who are in front of you don't benefit from being in the same room as the teacher because they might not get the sort of personalized alignment cues that are in response to their bodies, but also that the people who are online feel like an afterthought. This is just, it's my, it's my opinion. It's my concern. And it might be just because I've not made it yet to a class that has made me think differently. 
I really do think, however, that there are loads and loads of talented teachers who will make everyone feel present and everyone feel special. And like I say, it is such a sensible option for teachers and studios. And it might be something to really consider for the long-term health of their business. Be very, very sensible indeed. To round off, I just have a short meditation to help you decide where to put your focus in terms of your passion as a yoga teacher. Like I said before, you'll need to balance this against earning an income, which you'll need to do now and again (laughs) and again as things continue to change and evolve. If you're on the move or this doesn't feel like the right time to be still and introspect, Just pause the podcast here and come back to it when you have a couple of minutes. Otherwise, take a comfortable seat, soften your gaze or close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. Now that we're a bit calmer, a bit more focused, take a moment to think back to teaching in person lightly in 2019 and before and allow yourself to ponder over what lit you up, what you looked forward to. And then allow yourself to think about what you maybe didn't enjoy so much. Then think to the bulk of your teaching in 2020. Again, what lit you up? What did you look forward to? What did you enjoy? And what didn't you enjoy? (laughs) What did you dread? And think about what did people ask you for? What did people know you for? What was attendance like at the different offerings that you did? And now just allow your mind to wander. Allow yourself to visualize What would you like to be doing in 12 months time, assuming that there are no restrictions whatsoever? Do you see yourself teaching online, in person, or both? Do you see yourself leading several classes a week, or specializing in delivering courses, or focusing on retreats? or something else entirely. Allow your mind to wander. Take a couple of full, full deep breaths. And when you feel ready, allow your eyes to blink open. As soon as you can, note down your takeaways from that short meditation. And when you have the time and the headspace, balance that against your requirements for earning a living. Is there a way 
that you can earn everything you need or the bulk of what you need from the things or the thing (laughs) that you visualized yourself doing in 12 months so that you're starting to carve a path to make your visualization, your ideal, your dream happen. Come back to this meditation as often as you need to as things continue to change and evolve. I really hope that you found this episode useful. I know that change and that the unknown can be so scary, but it's full of potential. And really, change is the only thing in this life that's guaranteed. So we need to work with it. I'd really love to hear how you're getting on with planning for these changes and how you're feeling about everything. Please do let me know by emailing hello at yogahero.co.uk or sending a DM to at yogaherotechers on Instagram. I wish you the very, very best of luck in sharing your yoga with your yogis in a format that serves both you and them. Have faith, it will come together. As always, happy, happy teaching. <laughs>